from Race Wars Podcast, this is Unhirable with White Karen and Go-To Gay Tommy. Okay, I already know we're going to get into it today. I just have a sixth sense about it. I know. You know why you have that? Because we actually already recorded the episode and now we're going <gasps> back in what? time and we're recording the intro. Fourth wall, where are you? <laughs> no, I have a feeling that, okay, yes, no, I have a feeling I might get really cunty halfway through the episode because my blood sugar drops precipitously. I have a feeling that I'll like look in your face and see true anger in it directed towards me. Oh, I don't know. It's just a guess. It's I don't a, know. Potentially. Who knows? Anything's possible. But we talked to a veteran who killed people. We're going to talk to a veteran. Oh, yeah. That's what I meant. <laughs> God damn it. We are. Unhirable. Hashtag unhirable. Um, okay, so this episode obviously is going to rock. But here's the other thing. Um, we have a huge announcement to late make. Like, we already made the announcement. Like, we have a Patreon that you can pay for. Okay. Yay. It's three bucks a month. And you'll get a bonus. Is this? Is this? I mean, is this going to be heard? Hashtag okay. Un that, that, hashtag hireable. way fireable, Shelby. <laughs> Get in your cage. <laughs> God damn it, Shelby. Who empowered Shelby? <laughs> Honestly. Um. Okay, we have this Patreon. It's three bucks for anything we ever put out. Obviously, the podcast. This podcast is free. We're shooting to get you something every Friday. We have a bunch of shit to give you. And we have so many fun bonusy plans. little things. Yeah. And here's the other thing: we any money that we make from the podcast, like we both work jobs. We're going to be fine. We're putting this towards our epic project um, that nobody ever asked for and doesn't want. Yep. Me and Tommy um, are announcing. We are going to fix America. One city at a time. We're going to make America fix. Maybe a town. I don't even know. Maybe not a city. But we're going to go into America. We want to talk to people. Yeah. You know, if you are a really big racist, if you <laughs> like to burn crosses, we would like to come watch you do that and then discuss why you do it. If you think women should dominate men and men should all die, we want to talk to you. Honestly, swear to God, we want to hang out with you and just chill for a second. Kick it. Fix America tour. And if you smoke pot, even better. I mean, this is what, literally, what do you think we're building but America But once we on? reach, we've set a dollar amount that once we reach it on the Patreon, we're going to go. So. Right. so our Patreon's almost like a GoFundMe. Um, but or just not like tacky because we're or producing like a, content for you. Get yourself something pretty. Yeah. yeah. But we can't wait. Nobody asked for this. Nobody. You don't want it. But Did we're anybody want it? it? Not one person. Um. Yeah, no, not at all. That's all right. my favorite part of this. Listen to this episode. I'm getting text messaged with urgent messages for oh my Karen, God. So hashtag racewars, go. hashtag unhireable, hashtag <laughs> <laughs> you know what I find is. Um, enjoy this episode. We this intro it. sucks, but the episode's great, truly, I promise. Truly, truly one of the worst intros we've ever done. Okay, okay. enjoy. We love you still. Yeah, okay, so what are we going to talk about? Well, okay. So, obviously, people don't know. So, Matt, you DM'd me. Well, you DM'd our... Uh, unhirable account on Twitter at unhirable show. Right. Okay. Here's my bet. And you, it, we got into kind of an interesting conversation because we first of all, first of all, out. wait before because I was on the <sighs> outside of this and it's eight hundred and fifty-seven thousand lines long. Okay. What drugs were both of you on when you were having this conversation over the period of like two days? Were you on drugs? Um, if this was on uh, a day and I was alive, then <laughs> of course, <laughs> I four drugs. What, are you <laughs> Shall I count? Um, Do you think I'm sober now? Because that's crazy. I am actually sober. Really? I came straight from work here. Are you sober right now, Matt? I am. It, sure. Why not? <laughs> no, I mean, the show's um, called Unhappy. That sounds like fake news. <laughs> yeah, that, we, we call fake news on that. <clears throat> yeah, totally. So, okay. Uh, we put out this call for people who wanted to believed in and want to talk about like the patriarchy slash matriarchy think that's well the call was for the matriarchy i think i said both. i think it was oh i maybe i just misread it but i thought that we were just looking for people that wanted to talk about the matriarchy being something badass but to me it's the same because i'm not saying matriarchy and patriarchy are the same thing but they kind of are they're different versions of the same thing so if you believe in a matriarchy it's because you also believe in a patriarchy Mm -hmm. you believe the matriarchy has to replace the patriarchy so Mm -hmm. it's like the same to me right but it's interesting to me why people think that I don't really believe it, but I, I want to know. And anyway, and the other thing was, um, what was it? Oh, yeah, men's rights. Oh, okay. men's rights. That was the other thing. But that was a separate tweet. But n- what what this conversation that you and Matt are – Matt, tell us uh, – wh- do you want to tell your full name or no? He doesn't have to Oh, um, no, this is my first name. All right, so Matt is a veteran. You're an Army vet? Yeah. 
and you live in the country, deep country where? Yeah, I live in uh, uh, eastern North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And it's, I fit in because I'm redneck presenting, but besides the way I look, it's really not. like. Although I am pro-gun, it's like most of the other stuff is not. Okay. I, it doesn't line up. Yeah, so that's what he's like, saying. I'm, I'm wow. way more liberal than I am anything else. Okay, so what, what, what prompted you, of these things that Karen's talking about, what prompted you to reach out to us? I don't know. I, I thought you guys might like kind of a different a different point of view. It's similar but different. A, a point of view um, on what? Yeah, always. Just uh, anything? I, I don't even remember. It, it was, there were so many messages. We, we talked about a lot of stuff. That, um, I know Karen, Karen already said she was on Fort Drake. I had about uh, when I was deployed. Right. Well, you were t- um, you were saying you asked if we had use for a liberal redneck, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> why not? Yeah, what they, does that's that mean? What it was, yeah. <laughs> but basically, liberal redneck means liberal. But you live down south, yeah. and you drive a truck, and you are pro gun, and have a big duck dynasty yeah. beard. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I have a I have a bigger beard. Yeah, it's a good like, beard, by I, the way. Yeah, so you're all duck dynasty oh, out. Thank you. Well, I, I apparently I had to go bald on the top of my head to grow. Hair out of my face. Yo, wow. You are because, preaching like, to 30, the bald ass choir. And just bald it's, spot right in the middle of my head. You know what that is medically? Like, that's not your hair. That's not you going bald. That's your hair pushing downwards and coming out through your chin. Yeah, it's just coming out the other side. It's called what? migration. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. oh my God, I sounded so smart for literally two seconds. It's, my, it's a streak for me. And it was a lie. By the way, my favorite yeah. part of this conversation. So we like get into it and it's this whole thing. And you're telling me about like your deployment. It's super interesting. I'm like, we want to talk to you on the podcast. And then, but you didn't know it was me. My favorite part is when you confidently guessed that our heartfelt, meaningful conversation was between you and Tommy. <laughs> you son of a bitch. I understand well, you completely. There was no mention of Israel, so I was like, might be Tommy. Oh but- you do listen. <laughs> it's literally because you didn't throw in that we should kill Palestinians. Okay, just kidding, some of them, not all. Just kidding, I have empathy for everyone, so you deeply. One state, two state, one state, two state, what do you want? Oh, God. Oh, my God, two states, here we go again. Well, we kind of are in two states in this country, in, in, in a sense, because we? the South, well, this is what I actually, now just chatting with you a little bit here, um, Matt. I keep wanting to call mm-hmm. you Brian. I'm sorry. I'm probably going to call you Brian interchangeably. I don't know why that's in my that's head. That's so disrespectful. He, what's he's funny, what's funny is, is, is that that's my middle name. Oh, is it really? Really? Yeah. Whoa. I mean, that's my father. Okay, so like, like if so Kate Wolf were here, she would name. have something to say about oh what just God. happened. Oh my God, we can read your tarot based on just what you just said. Okay, but here's my oh, question. Shit. I lived in <laughs> Texas for a little while, Matt, and I definitely- I did too. Huh? I also did. That's where I was stationed at the whole time I was in the army. Oh, your army. Which which base were you at? I was at Fort Hood. Oh, okay. Were you there when the shooting happened? Oh yeah. Really? Whoa. We were uh, we were in the field. Uh, we heard sirens go off. Had no idea what was going on. Then they took our phones, and then we slowly got news as it trickled down. Uh, we were in the field. I was on a. We were playing what's called Op Four, which is where you play the opposing force. So we were in like civilian clothes. So we had to stay there. And then they took the people that were playing, that were the, uh, uh, you know, actually in uniform and everything. They had them start go lock down the gates and everything. It was crazy. Oh, so because you were doing some sort of, I almost called it a performance, but um, like a war game. You were the gayest person I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> but because you were the plain clothes, you weren't allowed to go, you weren't allowed to go lock down. They only let the guys that were, or the people. Yeah, they're not, not going to, they're not going to send guys in civilian clothes right. out to the gates. That'd be terrible. Oh my God. Did you know the guy who perpetrated the shooting? Oh God. No, no. Um, I, I probably saw him once. I don't know at all. I, I just, I don't know. Cause I just, I, he worked in the um, mental health. I believe he worked in the mental health uh, part. I can't remember if he worked in the hospital or not though. What is that but, like? Um, like, cause I imagine like when there's like a fight, not that this is at all the same thing, but when there's a fight at school, like afterwards, everyone's sort of decompressing and figuring out their versions of the story where they align. Like, was that playing out on the base? Like, what did you know about this guy? Were people saying, were people, what was the grief process like on the base, I guess, after that? Um, 
it was really quiet for a few days. Um, definitely kind of somber. We also had to go in and um, uh, the, the theater that they did it in um, during during the workday. It was uh, they used it for like a death by PowerPoint. So if somebody fucked up on the weekend, you had a safety stand down day. You go to one of the theaters and you get PowerPoint presentation to death until you behave. I don't understand that, but um, that sounds so it's North like about Korean. submission. That's that's what it was. That's what was going on when it happened. I believe um, it was a training session going on, and uh, but that that theater still had to be used. So I believe people were still using it before they even patched up the bullet holes. They were using the theater again. Wow. Holy shit. So it was, who knew him, though? Like, did you know people who knew him and they were like, he's a great guy? Or do you know what I mean? Like, No, I, I, didn't, I didn't know anybody who had anything to do with him. And then... Uh, it's a completely different thing. I was, you know, I was artillery, I was combat arms, so um, don't really deal too much a lot of times with the, the medical side of base. Mm. So interesting how specialized everybody is. Yeah, I mean, it's MOS, military occupation, special theater. How did you Believe end up in the, the military? <laughs> well, why? Yeah, why did you join the military in the first place? Um, well, my my father was uh, uh, in the Marines for twenty years, and uh, so I grew up around uh, the Marine Corps base, Camp Lejeune. Where's that? So I was used to being around military. It's in North Carolina. It's one of the biggest Marine Corps bases, and the uh, it's one of the, one of the biggest bases in the United States, and. Um, I wanted to go in the military, but I also didn't want to get stuck back in Camp Lejeune, so I went Army instead of the Marines. Um, I tested really well, so I was going to go UAV operator, but I wanted to do something. I wanted to, to be strong before I started using my brain again, so I went artillery and just went from there. I just wanted to do something. I hadn't done I really done anything. I dropped out of college, and there was nothing going on for me here, so I said, I'm going to go do this. And uh, ended up getting uh, medically retired at 100% disability uh, back in 2011. Oh my God, after about dogs. four years. And, and how long were you in for? Uh, about four years. In for four years, and you got out in 11. Full medical disability. What are you doing now? Um, I do video game streaming and collect my retirement. Good for oh, you. Nice. <laughs> Oh my God! What a dream! I was cool. I was cool and hang out. I'm moving to Florida soon, and hopefully, gonna start doing a, a bunch of the open mics there. You're a comic. You are a glutton for punishment. I'm not a comic. I have not. I have not. I've only done it a few times. Oh, cool! All right, so you're. So I'm not gonna say I'm Honestly, a comic because you, I'm not. You <laughs> saying that you've only done open mics a few times and saying you're not a comic is the most down to earth comedian like thing I've ever heard an open micer say ever. Well, I mean, I'm a comic a and I've never time. done an open I mic. Wasn't, I wasn't great <laughs> at it kidding. at first, obviously. <laughs> Nobody really is. Who? Well, um, say it again. I, I, well, you know, obviously, I, I, I mean, I wasn't great at it. I mean, I got decent at it after like my third or fourth time. Okay, now you're falling but, off. <laughs> no, uh, well, here's no, I got thing. better. I got, I got much better, but it's, it's weird because I was a musician before that, so I'm used to being on stage, but... When yeah, but isn't it, like, so different? Isn't it so different? Because it's just you talking, and you have to, like, really have yeah, a conversation with people, but they're not allowed to talk. Yeah. It's weird. You, you know, if you play a certain song, people will kind of get in a certain mood, but it's hard to do with jokes, especially because, like, I, can't, I couldn't go up. I was like, well, the last four years of my life have been in the military, but, yeah. you know, none of these people have been in the military, so <laughs> I can't use any of that, and there's some funny shit that has happened. Yeah, interesting. Like, like you don't, you're gonna like make all these in jokes and they're on the out. Yeah, and that, and that's the thing. So I was like, so wow, this life experience is nothing. And then I've been retired. Like I've not done a whole lot except for just kind of hang out the last couple of years being retired. And I was like, when I move to Florida, I think I'm just gonna get like a one day a week overnight at a gas station. That'll really give me some some culture. <laughs> I believe this is called the American dream, what you're doing right now, and I'm incredibly jealous I of you. <laughs> I, I, some people, uh, they, they, they say it's like being on welfare, and I was like, I mean. Is it? I mean, you fought in a war yeah, for four years like, you were in Iraq not, dodging nothing, bullets. Nothing against being on welfare, but it's different. It's like I, I can't <laughs> run anymore. Now, I never liked running. I'm going to tell you that straight what, up. What happened to you, though? What, what happened, you, what happened um, to your running legs? 
Oh, the the running thing. I got sick. It was a weird uh, series of events. Hmm. I got bit uh, by a prisoner that we took in hmm. Iraq. I, they think that's what gave me hepatitis C. Then my body fought hepatitis C off. Oh my gosh! First it of all, with your immune system. Was and this prisoner got... my dog, Winston? <laughs> and <laughs> second of all, holy shit! Oh my god, they just bite. Oh yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll bite, man. They don't. Jesus. You don't want to be uh, caught because they know what happens to some people when they get caught. And you're talking about yeah, torture. They, they they freak the fuck out. <laughs> we've had we've had to like tie somebody up just to keep them from hitting us while we put them in the in the in the Humvee. That's sad for everybody. Shit gets crazy. Yes. And um, but you were in Iraq. One guy though. bit me. This was in Iraq. Yeah, this is Iraq. Mm-hmm. So and then this is near near right before I left Iraq. And so I didn't know it, but my body was fighting off hepatitis C. Um, I was kind of run down. And then I felt fine again, but my immune system was uh, compromised because it had just fought it off. And I got something called cytomegalovirus, and that almost killed me. I spent like a week and a half in the hospital. What the hell is that? Is that another immuno thing? It's something, usually you get it as a kid. And it's like chicken pox, where if you don't get it as a kid and get it as an adult, it can really fuck you up. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't eat for two weeks. My, what happened is my throat was infected, and then all your glands and everything swell up real bad. And there's no cure for it or way to slow it down. It just has to run its course. But everything in my throat, down into my esophagus, was infected, so you can't eat. Mm. And then you can't swallow your own spit or swallow water. And I went from about 185 pounds to 145 pounds. My God, it's in two the, weeks. It's a gay nightmare slash dream. <laughs> Tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> Can't swallow, get skinny. Oh, 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 you talk about the nightmare part was when they're like, mm, we don't know what you have. Um, it might be eight. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Thanks. That's. You can't exactly get it from biting. Yes, you, if it breaks the skin, yes, you can. But, I mean, I feel like that's like, they have to have cuts that are open in their mouth, basically. Well, I was Iraq, also maybe they a do. man whore. Like, I just. <laughs> was, wow. So I, you almost I was, very, I was very man pretty, and the ladies noticed. And I... <laughs> pretty is like funny. You really have to wait for other people to tell you. But um, I understand. Um, let's talk about Iraq. <laughs> no, okay. So now no. you're you're back. You come back, and you're you go right back to North Carolina, and you've been there for four years now. Okay, but we're skipping the whole the interesting part. Oh, no, you no, mean no, since I, I got out? <laughs> What'd you say? Sorry. Yeah, I just Time's I just fall. lived around North Carolina since I got out. I bounced to Wilmington and other places, but mostly near my hometown. I was in Wilmington for an hour and a half once. It was a delightful town. Isn't that where Dawson's Creek was filmed? Is it? Yeah, I yeah. think so. It is. Oh, yeah. uh, it Dead Crow looks Comedy so uh, is the the club that everyone likes down there. No, I understand it's very beautiful now, but this is what we were <laughs> talking about. And next. before. No, 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 but to go back to the point that we made before, like a two-state situation, like I kind of felt like living in Here. Texas and the United States, when I was living in Texas, it was like such culture shock coming from Boston where I had lived previously for 19 years um, because oh, yeah. it just, it felt like, it felt like a different country. People were taught different history and people looked at the country differently. Now, one thing that you had said, Matt, in this conversation with Karen was that your anti-Confederate flag and well, your point was we lost. <laughs> yeah, but you had I thought you had kind of a more nuanced position on it, right? You were like, I'm anti-Confederate flag, but f- pro pro gun, pro gun and pro people being allowed to burn the flag. Well, the American flag. That's you think that that's the ultimate form of patriotism? It's protected speech. Yeah, well, yeah. OK, what I said was, um. With, with with the being pro-gun, I'm pro-gun, but with training up front mm. before you can get the gun. Because I feel that it, if unless you're coming out of law enforcement or the military, um, it, I feel if you want to own a firearm, then you should have to take a class to own that firearm. Totally. Okay. And you know so what? Why like everybody people... that I know who has a gun who comes from a military background is so like um cautious and like reverent of it almost you know what i mean like respectful of well, the that's thing what i was taught and that's why i've never i've never fired a gun at something i didn't intend to kill that's how my dad was raised he was born in north florida uh, an hour or half an hour outside of tallahassee in the country i don't know if you've ever been there but it's no 
Super southern. Really? Super yeah. southern. Is oh it? my god, yes. I always forget the Florida's the like real right south. near Alabama swamp the people kind of like that kind of thing going on. And um, I was taught from an early age that you respect you have to respect them. You don't play with guns. Right. There's no such thing as an accidental discharge unless a gun is sitting on a table and somehow goes off. But Matt, why are so many people, <laughs> since you grew up in this culture, right? Like what you're saying is just like to a lot of like Yankees, it seems like common sense. Like Yankees that are not just like uh, people that are absolutists about um, gun prohibition, but people that like are willing to have a little bit give a little bit of wiggle room there think like that makes a lot of sense of course you should have to take classes of course it, there, yeah. you should have to go through this but why and we don't pe- need fully automatic weapons either well like, yes that's another whole thing why do people though that are pro-gun why are they so reluctant to even entertain these types of restrictions on gun ownership why? Why? How am I pro gun? But I entertain. No, gun not you. I'm saying because you're you're around people. I think more readily where you live who are pro gun. Like you were sending, you sent us some photos of. You like, live in Trump country. Yeah, you live in Trump country. So, <laughs> yeah, I live in. I do. So uh, among your friends and neighbors who are pro gun that are like kind of absolutists about it, why are they so resistant to like stricter gun control measures? What is it? I mean, it's fear. Obviously, because right? they see any. It, uh, part of it, honestly, seems to me to be simple and convenient. It's an extra step they have to do. And they, they, they really feel it's an inalienable right. Hmm. They don't seem to think that you can, you know, can change amendments or take historical context into it. But, you know, it's honestly, and it seems a lot of it does boil down to the, well, what if the government starts overreaching and they turn on uh, 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 Americans and we have to fight the government and, and to that, it's just that's not an excuse you can even entertain because they have fucking drones and they don't need to send people in to do anything. That's true. If the government it, wanted to get you, they would just get you with overwhelming force. Yeah, so it, your it, your it, Glock or whatever will have zero effect on it whatsoever except to get you killed way faster. Yeah. But here's but here's this brings me to the exact thing I wanted to talk to you about, which was like this thing we were getting at when we were talking on Twitter. Like, yes, that's. Um, that's like an aggressive position to take, right? That like, I should be able to have my gun no matter what with no training or oversight or background or anything because it's just my fundamental right the way that like breathing air is. But, but, and you were like, it's inexcusable. I, I get that, but don't you kind of understand where they're coming from? I'm not saying specifically about the gun thing, but every time somebody throws down on an issue like that, it's not really about that. Like the gun issue is not really about guns. Like all this stuff is about people who are afraid because life is scary and hard and control because nothing's really in your control, right? Like you go through life being kind of tossed about and you want, and and a gun represents like a way of finally getting some control over something, even if it's symbolic. So I get that. Yeah, and, and, and gun, and the whole thing is like, you do feel, I, you, you, there is a, a almost, I would, I hate to say a feeling of power, but there is a kind of a thing when you have a gun you know that you have the ultimate. This has this ends now. If you need it, and that that can be for somebody, especially somebody who's scared, mm-hmm. like who's just a scared person in general. And and you'd, you'd be surprised at at some rednecks are cowards. Like it just it feels like that sometimes. They seem so afraid of everything. And I feel that they think they feel that that gives them a power, like they're going to be okay, they're going to be safe. That's going to protect them. We all want that. A scary man comes yeah. for them. It's some of it's silly, but I do I do understand that. Uh, you see, a lot of the the, the super pro gun people are also uber Christians a lot of times, mm-hmm. which seems kind of counterintuitive. Well, not and, if you see it from like. The standpoint of people who feel afraid and, and want control over something in their lives, right? Like what the—that's the thing religion is good for, right? You can like yeah. put your faith in this thing. Everything's scary and confusing. We don't really ever know what's going on or why. Not really on a micro level, maybe, but like not really. And then you feel yeah. better, like you have the answers. A gun is an answer, and religion's an answer. Yeah, because like I—I'd be, I'd be lying if I said I haven't. You know, I've had had. Where I used to live, I used to live not in the best part of town, but I mean, I've had somebody break into my house while I was sleeping before. 
when I was still in the Army, and I used to have my thirty eight. And I was glad I had it that night, or I would have gotten my ass robbed. Well, what, what happened? What happened? Yeah. Like, oh my God, you really somebody broke the... into my house. I was sleeping. I parked my truck around in the back parking lot, and my buddy was supposed to bring. I'd gotten a new TV, but I paid like five hundred dollars for a thirteen hundred square foot apartment that was really nice, except it was in the super not great part of town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what does that like, mean? Old... Like racially? I, I get that it's poor, <laughs> but like, are we talking about the black side of town? It was just the poor side. It was poor black and poor white. Okay. Poor everybody. It's Texas, so it's not. It's black, white, Mexican. It's just the poor part of town. Mm. Um, I wasn't the only white guy in the neighborhood, so that's but wasn't that. But I had gotten a new TV, and my friend was supposed to bring the box with him to throw away in the dumpster at the barracks. And he left it out front of my little townhouse. Oh, so he advertised. And my truck was in, parked around the back, in the back parking lot, so it looked like I wasn't home. Mm. And because with my tattoos, I strike a kind of a profile, so I guess people noticed when I wasn't around. And somebody tried to break in and steal my TV, and I pulled my gun on him, waited till the cops got there, and called <gasps> the cops. And you held him, and then the cops took him away? Yeah. <gasps> Oh my God! That's now wait, is. this is pre or post deployment that this happened. This is post deployment. This is all. I, I I was in. I was three or four months out of training before I was in Iraq. Oh wow! Like I I went right right to Iraq. And how long were you in Iraq for again? Were you in for? I was four in years? Iraq about nine months. Okay, nine months. can we talk about like the most interesting part of this? You said that you were <laughs> okay, in Iraq. Yeah. I mean, it's just amazing how much how hours it takes us to get to the point. But I mean, that's so on brand for us. You told me that you were, um, you, your unit in Iraq was the one that locked down Mosul in 08, right? Yes. Then you watched us pull out in 2013. It, well, yeah, they started the pull out in 2011 and in 2013, you watched on the news, it was all Mosul falling, Mosul going back to the, uh, to ISIS. Okay, what yeah. should we, what should we have done? Did we, like, cause ISIS? Like, are we to blame for it taking power there? Uh, yeah, because we pulled out when the infrastructure wasn't even like half done. We had just had, they had just had the elections a few years prior when I was there, and we pulled out. Before did you guys? Did, sorry, but, but can was, you stop on the elections really quickly? Did you? Did the soldiers think that those elections were? an actual step toward democracy in Iraq at the time that they were happening? No, we, we, we knew it was up. You knew it was we, all we, just we, a front. We knew that, like, this isn't going to, because it doesn't matter if the whole, if everybody doesn't recognize and Things can change from town to town. Uh, slight differences in, in what they believe. Little, little things sometimes cause big issues. So getting a whole area to... Like, you know, the province to even agree that these are going to be our set people is ridiculous. Mm. And it just, it wasn't ready. And it, to me, it, it was just ridiculous to, okay, I'd rather, I'm glad, I would rather we have pulled out and just not gone back regardless mm-hmm. because it's going to be the same thing again if we send people back and then we pull out too early again. Because, like, after World War II, built bases in Germany, and we've been there ever since, right? You don't get out once you go in. You don't get out easy. Mm-hmm. No, it's years, especially in that country when it was half kind of blown up to begin with from, you know, Desert Storm and shit. And- yeah. Well, not even just that. It goes back <laughs> even further than Desert Storm. But beyond that, at least Germany had a system of government that somewhat resembled our yeah. own. That that's not the case here. Like we're dealing with a completely different side of the world. I like, think we're different, dealing with a totally different society. Like if it's tribal, yeah. and that's what you see in Israel, Palestine. Also in Israel is like a pretty, like a very Western democracy, but that tribal shit dies so hard. Yeah, it's, tribalism is. It so... lasts for generations, even when your when your kids' heads are out of it. It's that's like how your well Israel like, society is, set is up. Europeans. Like, but it's tr- both bringing that. Mm, but it's both. Mm, but it's, it's a total. But but the, the government Israel, is yes, European. 
Yeah, but the blend of Sephardi, Sephardic and Ashkenaz Jews, it's like a blend of European democratic ideals and yeah. a more like Middle Eastern tribal mentality, which is very like, number one, you don't represent all of us, right? This person represents my clan and you represent whoever you represent. So it's not as much of a nationalist thing, although the Jewish nation, I guess, is like different. But um, well, that's that. why and monarchies it's also and really easy to autocrats pick. do well there in the Middle East because that's what that's what it it's takes to control. That's what it is. Well, and it takes it takes a dictator to unite tribes that would be warring otherwise. Well, that's what. That Sorry, was my what point were you going to say? That was my point with Saddam Hussein. Is, was that we were like he's so bad and he was bad, but the people. Yeah, Saddam he, Hussein the, was awful, but yeah, he kept shit calm. Yes. But he killed, and that's and and that's one thing I don't understand how adults don't understand that we can't just put good guys into positions of power because there are none. <laughs> there are none. It's there, yeah. you're going to have to accept a, a, a bad streak with anybody that we're going to put in power in the Middle East, and that's just because with anybody you put in power, period. Though, like anywhere, anybody, yeah, there's any, going to be yeah. Bad Tommy parts made a little face. Anybody who wants power. Anybody who wants power, who seeks it out and wants a great deal of it for themselves, is someone who shouldn't have it automatically. Well, that should be disqualified. That means nobody weak. could, literally, by that logic, nobody could ever be the leader of a country. It means someone, the unwilling, would have to be. I'm more. It's I'm more not realistic. But that's, the the ca- that's right. It's a catch me too. But I don't agree with that either. I fundamentally you think that disagree with that. Someone who seeks power. I don't know. You're, we're dealing power, in hypotheticals not, that don't matter. Not even remotely. We're dealing in real shit. Someone who wants power for this themselves. This is a hypothetical person. Th- these are real people that exist everywhere oh, in the give world. Give me a real person. Okay, think of any politician. They're not all the same. You can't have it both okay, ways. Okay, but my point is that they are. Because no, what not. they have in common is that they all want power. And anybody who wants power for him or herself is someone who, like, why would someone seek power? Is it uh, from altruistic reasons? No, of course not. You think that anybody wants to, you think Hillary wanted to be the president because she, in her heart, wanted to help the world? No. Yeah, I mean, Hillary you know, I don't think Hillary. that. Hillary is out for Hillary. Trump is out for Trump. I, I, Every politician. That's not themselves. true. That's not true. I fundamentally disagree with that. You can't paint it that way. Who's in? Yeah, uh, I can. I did. Who's the? I mean, you can paint of? it that way, but I think that there are outliers. I mean, there's a young woman, the youngest MP in British history, mm-hmm. was elected because she had altruistic games. Now, but you just called her an outlier, and an outlier in this case would be an exception that proves the rule. Because but you're saying it's an outlier all. because that's the rule. Tommy, with with an outlier who this, spoke. This, go ahead. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> This is, and I, and, I, and I mean this literally more so the Middle East, because, I mean, you, you said you've been to Israel, right? Uh, yes, I have. Have, you ever, have you ever been to the, the really the really war-hit countries? No, I've only been to it's, Israel. Okay, so already living in the desert, awful. Agreed? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's I, hot. I don't like a like, hot, sandy time. Shit's hot. All right, add to that, especially with Iraq, I'm guessing, uh, war zones. Uh, war going, this active war going on around people trying to, regular people trying to live regular lives, taking their kids to school, going to work, uh, got to fix the road again this week because it got blown up by a bomb. Um, it's a hard life, and they're not going to listen to anything but a hard person. Mm. And so, so well any, anybody we put in power, especially in that area, pretty much anywhere in the world, but especially there, it's going to be, this guy is, is going to be good, but and there's always going to be a, but there's always going to be a fairly big flaw because that's the only kind of people that can run that area. And also those are the people, that's where, that's the, who you're, that's the pool of people that, like maybe that, not, the not as bad from, as Saddam Hussein right? was, but. But if you're picking from a group of people who are, who are hardened by a hard life, the leader that rises out of that group of people, because he's not from the outside, he comes from them, is going to have those characteristics also, but more so because he needs to keep them under control. Yeah. Um, sure. But at the same time, I don't think that that means that you necessarily have to be, have bad intentions to want to lead a government. I, I, I just... I. I, that doesn't scan to me. I think that we've had altruistic... To want to be in power. I, I think governing th- and, and power mean... are two different things. 
You can do. But you're you can talking about power the in the context of governing. That's what we're talking yeah, about I'm power talking about, in the I'm context talking about of. If you're just talking about, about power, we can talk about power in any in industry. Power. Is anyone else going to speak? I'm talking about power. I mean, like you're talking about power. I'm talking about governmental power if you're talking about power generally that's a different thing no it isn't yes it is because no, it there's power in different industries yes it, and it's and all that the means same nobody thing. in any industry can have good intentions nope that's in not art. what i said that's absolutely not what i said behind wanting to gain that power okay. that they necessarily they only are being self-serving good intentions are, are based on what your viewpoints are you said you know that you I mean? have to be self-serving Yes. Okay, Tommy, you're conflate you're you're conflating a million things and then putting words in my mouth that I didn't say. So tell you're me what I can up my argument. Go. So there's this I don't think you're making thing. it clearly. Okay, well I'll clarify for you now. There's this this characteristic which is being someone who seeks power for yourself, okay? Now, you might have other altruistic intentions. You might want to genuinely help people on some level or whatever you want to do. Like, I don't know, okay? Like, make things okay for your family. I don't fucking know. But the instinct to grab power, power is a resource that you have at the expense of other people. If you, power is meaningless if you have it. If like, if we all had a million dollars, it would be worth nothing. So one person has power because a lot of people don't. And that it's proportional like that, right? Like in North Korea, Kim Jong-un has absolute power because everyone else has zero. He has all of it at their expense. Wanting to take power means wanting power at other people's expense always, no matter what. And you might have other good intentions, but that in particular is not such a good one. Wanting power is not altruistic. You might have other intentions that are. Um, I don't know that I agree with that. I still, I hear what you're saying. What I is think power except that at that, the expense of somebody else? You, well, you in the, in the construct of what you just described, yes, that is true. But there can be more lateral power sharing structures. You're looking at a dictatorship. No. That is absolutely no, inverse. That's, that's you an are. extreme you used... example. No, that's an extreme example. A dictatorship. A democracy You're saying is no when you example. literally just used it. You're arguing for the sake of it. You're not yes, even letting I, me finish. Yes, I gave an extreme example, Tommy. So I'm using that example to build off of, but there are more lateral, there are more lateral power structures that exist. Yes, but there's only one currency in the whole world, and that's power. I don't, I don't know what that means necessarily. That means that everything's a kind of power. I mean, but that's actually also not true because there are other forms of currency. Like there's what? intelligence, which I guess you could what argue buys you. It could, it could be people. power. Yes, it is. Yeah, but it could be used Intelli to disempower you yes. the way that it was in Nazi Germany. That's it. Yes, it's everything's a kind of power. That's right. Money is <laughs> power. Intelligence <clears throat> is power. Like it's, it's influence is power. Power is power. It's all power. A gun is power. That's what that is. Okay, but I, I still don't really understand what the point of this argument is. Okay, I don't really remember either, but you seem mad. Well, it just felt like I, I was being argued with for no reason. My point oh my God, being... Matt, you're not helping us with your marijuana-addled <laughs> veteran's brain. <laughs> my point being that, like, regardless of whether there's power, and the point that I'm most interested in here, to go back, like, we see the way that it works in the Middle East, that, yes, these dictatorships perhaps are what allow tribal societies to coexist and function as some sort of a unified nationalistic society where they all yeah. look to the same dictator. Here, we're starting to move more toward that, but it does feel like in this country, we're living in two different countries. And it, it feels like it was by design from the start based on what we've been reading in People's History of the United States, where we see that wealthy people, people that had that currency, that had that power, used that power to pit poorer people against other people in this country, do, yeah. regardless of their race or anything. And so now what I see is that we have the North and South, which was poor people divided along racial lines. And, and, and today there's still the same, that that legacy exists mm. where we have poor people in the South who feel completely disenfranchised from people in the North. Even though poor people from the North probably have more in common with poor people from the South, it still feels like we're being taught different versions of what happened to get us to this point. So being somebody who lives in the South among people that have guns, that believe in gun ownership, things like that, like, wh how do you think, what do you think Trump is going to do to exacerbate that or make it better? Because that's the promise, that he's going to make America great again and bring us all together. But it seems like the divisions are only sharpening from the northern perspective that I'm standing on. That's the one thing with Trump is that uh, it's, it's hard to predict what he does because he's shown to be pretty 
unpredictable, and that's that's especially with, as far as especially being president. That's not what you want. I would rather have somebody who I know what their intentions and their motives actually are. Mm. But um, like he he, I mean, it's been said a million times. He played to people's fears. Uh, fear of immigrants, fear of terror attacks on our home soil, all that stuff, and he convinced them that he was going to fix everything. I don't, I don't think he's going to do it because he's shown a very low level of competence, like just empirically. And and I'm, I'm not shitting on him. I don't know him as a person. Obviously, um, he doesn't seem like somebody I'd want to associate with, but he just doesn't seem to be good at the job. And that, that, that honestly, that scares me. That, that's been something that's kind of worried me since he took office is that it, it feels like we have somebody that has no fucking idea what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's terrifying. Yeah. Because so I'm, I'm not in anymore. I'll never be able to be in again because of my injuries. But I have friends that are still in, and I don't want my friends. Uh, I've already lost friends, and I don't want to see more get lost over something that has nothing to do with us. Your friends like who are still in, what are their views of Trump? What do they say about my, Trump? My friends, well, my, my friends tend to be fairly liberal. I have a few more conservative ones, but a lot of my friends feel the same way. Um, but the, the military as a whole, there's a, there's a big right-wing kind of kick to it because, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm patriotic. Like, I, I love my country. I just don't like the people running it. <laughs> and... Fair enough. But I'm not blindly patriotic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like we're always trying to balance out. Like, I feel like being a patriot is, is, a, is a struggle for balance. And that we have to balance all the fucked up things we've done as a country with all the good things we've done and try to make the good outweigh the bad because we've done a lot more bad, I feel, mm-hmm. than good. We've done some really good, but we've done way worse and 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 that's my thing. You can you can love your country and just not like where it's where it's headed. But does, I guess that's does it ever bother you? If, um, feel too. Does it bother you? Because it bothers me, especially obviously. Never served in a war, anything even close to that ever. But when I used to teach ESL and like talk to all these people from all over the world, it made me honestly appreciate here a lot. And it made me because um, we're because we're we're relatively really free here. That was like a big thing that I took away from talking to people, whatever our restrictions are. And it's like so imperfect. Um, our shit's kind of like honest here in a way that's not really reflected in the yeah. rest of the world. And it made me also get really irritated with People who are, and this is like a big, I think, lefty thing. People who are like, um, you know, say that the United States is the worst and they're so ashamed to be from here and they're ashamed to be Americans. That, yeah, and that really irritates because, me a lot. I mean, you don't have to look far to see, oh, we're not the worst. Oh, no. We're not the best, but That's we're the not the worst either because. But it, it's what you said. We're not great like that's that's the thing we don't have to be great but we're also so far from the worst that calling us the worst is like a really dangerous thing what were the you talked about like the tribal society having spent time the nine months you spent in iraq and observing the way people live there when you came back how did that make you look at the way we live in this country what was similar and what was what made you feel better and worse um it, it sounds kind of weird, almost disin, I don't know if disingenuous is the right word, but um, it, it gave me a new eye of, of like, poverty. Because mm. uh, uh, even though, like, the worst poverty I've seen here pales in comparison to the poverty I saw in, uh, in Mosul and stuff, and I'm talking, like, homeless because their home is just gone. And people, uh, kids that are just orphans because their parents died in a bombing attack. And they, they would, they, the big thing was they would stand outside, they would wait outside the test fire pit because every time you roll off a base, there's a, a big HESCO barrier, which is these big dirt field barriers. And there's a, like a little shooting thing, and you do it to test your crew serve weapons as you roll out to make sure they're functional. And, so each person goes, shoots a few shots into it, everything's good, you move on. And um, kids would stand outside of that and wait until after we were gone and then pick up all the brass and then go sell the brass for money because it was good money for them. But the problem with that was 
the brass was going towards a lot of bomb makers that were then taking the brass and making them into explosives and using them in explosive devices and stuff. So we had to put the kibosh on that because it's like, yeah, these kids aren't going to get to eat now, but they're being used to make bombs. Well, this is interesting yeah, because you, t- you you told that story in the conversation you and Karen had in the messages on Twitter. And one thing that you said after that was that you had a really profound experience where you t- spoke to one of the, quote, terrorists um, that yeah. you guys were holding and it changed your view. And could you talk a little bit about that? Because it's also like we're seeing that these kids – we're doing this for survival, but it came at the expense of your safety. So, yeah. And, and that, that I, I, I really learned empathy in Iraq because, and, and to, to, to really give, um, to, to show how kind of profound the, the one story is, I kind of got to give you a backstory. It's like, you know, we're from basic training, you know, we're we're training the, the, the enemy. We're fighting the bad guy. In this case, they call him Hodge. They call him Hodge, Haji, which is kind of weird because I think that's an Indian or Pakistani thing. But anyways, um, like H A J I, like the Hodge. Yeah, that's oh, a Muslim okay. thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, like you. Well, they're called Haji pillars. from. Uh, 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 wow, man! What was that seventies cartoon? The Adventure cartoon. That's a good question. I'm not. Adventures of Johnny Something. <laughs> anyway, you are you talking have an to Indian friend. Wrong audience. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, he had an Indian friend. His Indian friend's name was Hodge, and then they kind of messed it up. And then it was just the people who were finding Haji. Okay. So like, you... we don't even call them names sometimes. So you're trained. That's the enemy. They're the bad guy, and it's almost like a terror. Being a terrorist is a is a is a is a static state of mind. Like you know. They're a bad guy. They're constantly plotting like some villain in a fucking movie, right? The way people and... say racist here or Trump voter. I'm not equating that with terrorism, but that's still a thing of like, if you're that, in people's minds, you can never, ever come back from that ever. And you're to be. Yeah, like off. you're always, you're always Absolute a racist. Evil. I can't, I can't kind of get into that. Yeah. Nick Mullen had, a, had a, a really good. Friend of the show. Thing about that is people act like being a racist is a static state of mind. And it's not. It's just something that can be a fleeting thing with some people. Yeah. But so you're trying to they're the enemy and then seeing the kids and the poverty, that softened me up. And I was like, oh, shit, these are people. Right. Like the the, the citizens, the regular citizens that, you know, we're, we're speaking very harshly to and really not being very nice to because we're suspicious of everybody because it could be anybody. We're not fighting some we're not our enemy doesn't wear a uniform so it could be anybody it could be the 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 50 year old lady it could be the 15 year old boy it could be the 7 year old girl so it was sephora's policy on tracking shoplifters <laughs> is how you guys looked at everybody Again? You know, like if you go into Sephora, how they've mad increased their security. Maybe you don't know this, but um, they look at you with yeah. incredible suspicion. You can be like a little old lady or I don't know, like a very youthful blonde. <laughs> it doesn't even matter. They are on yeah. you like a hawk because it's everybody does it. Everybody. Anybody. Yeah, because because it's not it's not it's it's, it's it's the whole Iraq engagement is a 360 degree battlefield, meaning, it, you know, there's no front lines, really. It's it's everywhere at any time. Shit can go down. So, so you, so what's your, so you, why'd you end up hanging out with this terrorist? And also, what do you mean by terrorist exactly? Because I think that's kind of a blanket thing this to guy me. Has, a lot has of blown shit. up, um, like a like food processing centers. I think he had been tied to some IEDs. That's mm. so he made it. So we went after specifically this guy, and we called him. But the place where the detainees got the intake was like way backed up that day. So. Uh, we get him back to the FOB, and we had to kind of sit with him for a while. And he didn't speak any English when we picked him up, because um, we were asking him questions. He's how do you do it? You know, we had the Terp there helping us, and uh, the Terp didn't like him. The Terp wanted to punch him, but he wanted to punch everybody. So we tried so hard not to um, laugh. <laughs> yeah, and, um, Tommy's turning well, orange. Our, our, our Terp had, did not like. Um, the the rebel fighters <laughs> was not a fan of them. This guy. And, um, so we're sitting. It's hot out. You know, it's the middle of the day. It's in the middle of summer. It's hot, and 
he, we have a blindfold on because we don't let them see where we've been taking them so they can't see anything on the inside of the fob. And me and my buddy are sitting there, and that guy, he, like, looks all the way up at the sky. So he's looking at me underneath his blindfold. And this is in 2008, which is why the question kind of took me back. And he's like, hey, have you ever seen Spider-Man 2? And I was like, what the fuck did you just say? Like, like Spider-Man 2 is a good movie, yes? And I was like... <laughs> Yeah, I guess. It was a good movie. He just, we just started talking like, like people. It wasn't, oh, this terror. That's why it caught me off guard because, you know, I don't expect, you don't think of the amicable terrorist. It's not a, it's not a trope that I've ever heard. And well, obviously, you've never seen Under Siege starring Denzel Washington and Annette Bening from, I think, 1998. You but it's all not. about a, a likable terrorist. <laughs> yeah. So y'all are best friends now. Go on. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, no, keep in mind, I don't condone anything he did. But as I talked to him, we asked him. But we started asking him. Because, number one, we can just confirm what we already knew and make sure that all are duck and maybe find out something it's like it's almost like passive interrogation. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like let's see if this asshole is a chatty cappy. Like, right. It's like this whole podcast. <laughs> we call it passive interrogation. <laughs> President Trump, we are available. <laughs> we need some passive legal on the books. <laughs> so, what did you guys talk about? Like, first of all, Spider Man Two. What is your opinion on Spider Man Two? Second of all, where did this conversation go? Um, Spider Man Two, I give it three and a half out of five. Whoa. It was a good movie. wasn't great. Toby McGuire in his heyday, though, so give him that. Thank you. You know, he was looking good, looking fit. It was more of a, like, I've never been to Toby. No. Yeah, it was never a heyday for me. I've never been a Tobe head. Yeah, neither have I. But that's okay. Continue. Okay, so then, okay, so you're like, what? Oh, yeah, okay, Spider-Man 2's cool. And then what? Yeah, so we get to it, and I ask him, I'm like, so there's, you know, food processing plants? He's like, yes, I do this. I do this, this. I was like, yes, uh, that's great. Yeah, you definitely, you definitely did that stuff. And you mean like blowing shit up? Yeah, like <laughs> I definitely did all these things. And I asked him, you know, we just asked him. I asked him questions because, like, it was turned into a conversation. But like, what did you want to know? And I asked him, him about, like, you know, what do you, what is he, where is he from? Where was he born? And I got, I kind of got to know him a little bit, and. It, I still didn't like him at the end, but it, I saw that I was like, "Oh shit, this is a fucking just a dude." Right? Did like, you like? You didn't like see him get had... waterboarded or anything, right? Huh? You didn't no, like we see didn't him torture get... anybody. That's not. It doesn't. That doesn't work. <laughs> like it's. It's so funny when people people talk about stories like they actually did stuff and they're talking about yeah we were, you know, breaking his feet. No, you weren't. You weren't doing any of that because, number one, it doesn't work because it, it's bad information. Hmm. You get more stuff if they think they're going to be okay at the end. <laughs> but, now, it did happen, though. Like, not with this guy specifically, but, like, are you saying that reports of torture are overstated? Oh, oh, probably not. Um, I just didn't see many. Um, I saw stuff that I felt was a little over the line. But you, I personally you did personally not have experience did? with 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 uh, going to that level, like Wait, I never. That what did you what see I, that was over the line was. in your uh, in your mind? Oh, oh, the overstepping the bounds. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's being too rough with people. Um, like I, I, I felt that there, um, in some cases, just especially when when dealing with children, was a little heavy handed. Mm. Um. That's 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 really it. Like I felt people were a little just too mean, mm. like in, in, in inappropriate times. Oh, I you know. And it sounds it sounds bad, but there you know there's still a certain level of courtesy because these are human beings. They're not animals. They're just people that live somewhere else. And if you were born here, you would have the exact same beliefs they do, and it would be normal for you. That's so interesting you bring that up because I actually tweeted this the other day. I read, I forget even what line I read in people's history of Your the United Twitter States. Your Twitter deserves more credit. Thank you. Your Twitter's really good. Thank you. Your Twitter's my Instagram. <laughs> it is, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I am a notorious failure on Twitter. I, <laughs> I don't know if you've unfollowed me recently. <laughs> Probably have. <laughs> Statistically speaking. <laughs> um, 
No, but one thing that I realized about ISIS specifically, like, you can't read that book and read the way that this country was founded. And even the language that you're using to describe people like rebels, things like that. Mm -hmm. It's just because we're quote unquote winning so far in our mind, whether or not that's true remains to be seen, that we talk about people yeah. as terrorists. Because yeah. I don't think you can read the fi- like about the history of this country and look at ISIS the same way. I just I genuinely you have to you have to be yeah. And there there is there is truth to that. And and again, that's that's kind of what I was able to glean off that that interaction. I was like, this is just a dude that also thinks he's doing the right thing according to what, how he was raised in his beliefs. He is a hundred percent in the right, and he is doing what he has to do. That like. And it's a religious thing. Well, also, like, it's like a colonial power is coming in and exploiting your resources. That's what it comes yeah. down to. And that's what happened here with tobacco. And they're also voiceless. It's not like there's internet and they, everybody's got a Twitter, Twitter egg account. Well, they can just, like, talk about stuff. ISIS like, really is good on social media. But so I'm you saying, can't yeah, say but ISIS, that they... No, no, no. But I'm, not talk, I'm talking about just, like, civilians. Like, people who feel powerless when uh, an, an occupying force, like, occupies. You know Although, what I'm saying? But it is when interesting. When we went into Iraq, they weren't, like, all tweeting, like, lighting up Twitter about Right us. now, so but that's changing. Because when Syria fell, when Damascus fell, we did see that. We saw people tweeting. We saw a young girl and her totally. mother. I don't know yeah. whatever happened, but we saw it happening. It's different now. Yeah. It was when Agreed. you were there. It was not like that. But I think it's different now. But what burns me is like you you went to this like honestly sounds like kind of a shithole and came back with all this perspective, right? And it's like, I'm not saying people have to go into a war zone in Iraq, but it's annoying. Like, our, like it's what you said. Our poverty here is not poverty on the scale of global poverty. It's, well, in some places, but it is. Yes, Appalachia. Agreed, agreed, well, agreed, where agreed, we're agreed. at, it's still ridiculous that it's still such a big issue that we haven't. It's not a hard to, and, and all we seem to do is just make it worse. Yes, it, and it doesn't seem that hard to fix it. That's the thing. When you're talking about Iraq and like all this shit that happened, and it's complicated because it is complicated. Um, it's not that simple, right? To like patch it up. Like we went in there, we destroyed their shit. There's just like a lot that has to be done to make it right. But here, it's not as broken as that. Like people act here like we like our infrastructure is garbage. Do you know what I'm saying? Like our social infrastructure, yeah. and I don't think it is. I think people on purpose blind themselves to what we have in common because it's overwhelming what we have in common not just as human beings like obviously on a human level with everyone but we're the cultural differences between like you saw right the cultural differences are shocking between here or wherever you grew up and everywhere else people are so similar and so different and it's crazy and it's a little and it's weird and culture shock's a thing right and when you're here with your own country people it's like what do we have really that's not in common yeah, what what I've noticed is that because it, it goes back to this thing where I because I, I don't really like saying like I'm a I'm a liberal because I'm a liberal in a lot of sense but liberal has almost almost like slander in a way now. Yeah. The Wait, way but they, weren't the they just they, on they, the View yesterday? My mom was telling me about who's this. They? The liberal rednecks. Now that you're saying this, I just got a. Isn't that a thing? A flashback to 12 hours ago. Literally, my mom <laughs> was like, a guy, I think there's a guy he's called the liberal redneck. And I think he's a comedian. Funny like guy. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Oh, it's three guys. The Who? Liberal Redneck Manifesto. Who, though? Who are the, oh, I've never heard of that. It's a three-man stand-up comedy group doing scathing oh, political yeah. satire, according to Google. scathing. What are their names? Scathing. <laughs> Trey, T-R-A-E. Okay. They're very Southern. Are they white, all of them? Trey Crowder, Corey Ryan Forrester, hmm. and Drew Morgan. Okay, I don't know him. Slave owners all. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag on hire. Okay, wait. This has been really great. We're going to jump into a quick rapid-fired section uh, to wrap this up. Um, but it, something that both of you – I don't know who said this of the two of you in your 47,000-line <laughs> conversation that I read today – um, but it was that you get in trouble for treating people as people. And I think that that's really interesting. Like a lot of a lot of all of this that we're talking about kind of goes back to that. And what you're talking about with ISIS meeting this guy people get mad, who had though. a terrible view of that Tobey Maguire movie. But, but whatever. People, people get mad when that's you just the call terrorism. them out as individuals. You're not allowed to do it anymore. And I think honestly, that's why I get unfollowed in droves. I mean, I could probably do better at Twitter. But yeah. but the truth is, like, I don't I just don't think that. 
I think that an agenda is a lie, right? So if you're looking at people with an agenda of like, you're a person of color, I will uplift you, or you're white, you need to take a seat. Like, that sucks, that's a lie, that's disingenuous, that's not a real interaction. That's a thing that you made up before anybody ever said a word, and you it's an excuse to not talk to people for real. Yeah. Yeah. All right, rapid fired. All right. Well, luckily oh that happened. Shelby is playing us out of the studio. Honestly, honestly, <laughs> having a full music. conversation <laughs> in the middle of the episode, turning on the television because wow. he's so bored with what wow. we're doing. I am going to slap those big lips. <laughs> fuck, Mary Kill. He's holding up no. a piece of paper that says get out and stop. We're going to put we're going to play <laughs> fuck, Mary Kill, except you can only kill. All right. Ready? Shelby. <laughs> Go. Um. Do you wait? Do you know what we look like? And do you know what the race wars people look like? Yes, I, I love Who would you waterboard first? Okay, yeah. Me or Shelby? Where am I in this? Well, I don't want um, you to be waterboarded. I know, but I annoy a lot of people. All right, let's fuck, Mary kill. Ready? <laughs> I want to actually fuck, Mary kill with you. Fuck, Mary kill, right. Commander-in-Chief edition. Donald J. Okay. Barack H. George W. Ooh, okay. All right, all right. No homo. So, just go for it. Or homo. Or homo. I would <laughs> marry George W. I feel he'd appreciate me. I think he's a fun guy. Um, kill Donald Trump because you know, but then Mike Pence. So who knows? But I'll keep that one. And then uh, uh, we're not uh, thinking uh, of consequences. Fuck, fuck Obama because I feel he'd be a very giving lover. Oh, <laughs> he's like a nice guy. Oh, I think he's a bossy, bossy top. <laughs> that guy. I don't know think how giving. So? No, I think he likes to. I think he likes to submit because he's such a controlling type A, stressed out person in real life. Yeah, yeah. I have an Obama story I'll tell off the air. Okay, uh, <laughs> really? No, I missed <laughs> meeting him last week. Oh yeah, right. No, you told me. Oh my god. Horrifically. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I would never get over that. Yeah, yeah. You, but, okay. Um, okay, you have to answer your same question. Oh yeah. Okay, so I'm obviously going to fuck. George W. Bush, like he fucked all of us for eight years. Okay, so hard Slowly, and well. Slowly, painfully. <laughs> but you know what? I might paint about it after. <laughs> so it'll be worth it. I am going to marry Barack Obama so that I can just berate him for setting up this government that he handed to Donald Trump. You seem fun. And I'm <laughs> going to cry not at all at Donald Trump's funeral. Okay, that's the longest way to say that ever. Okay, yeah. I'll kill Donald because honestly, what use is he? I just, I, I'll make, I'll like, can I just like, can too few people, fewer people unfollow me because I just said that? Yeah. Um I'm bravely going to kill Donald Trump, hypothetically, marry, fuck, kill. <laughs> exactly. um, Not I'm, in a way that the Secret Service has to I'm get involved with. I'm going out on a limb and being brave by condemning him. Um, <laughs> it's a really, um, I know I'm going to be awesome. Hopefully as an individual and not as oh, People are going to be so mad that I said that. Um, and <laughs> oh then my God. I'll I marry, hate. I'm like you, buddy. I'll marry George W. I find him charming in interviews. I honestly just think he's funny. Like, he makes me laugh and he's yeah, not a comic. And the way that so a it's warm like, criminal is. Yes, the way that a war criminal is thank yeah. you so i need Tommy to get it war criminal. a little work criminal humor to lighten it up and then <laughs> <laughs> and then uh i will obviously fuck barack and then honestly here's here's the trick of that though i would have to marry george first and then fuck barack because once you go barack you don't go b b back b <laughs> barack barack <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> Oh, God, I'm sober. Uh. <laughs> I'm dead sober. <laughs> okay. Oh, I've um, never had a better time. <laughs> one more question from me for Rapid Fire. What is your all-time favorite war movie? All-time favorite war movie? Man, Kelly's Heroes. Ooh, that's old. Oh, yeah. How old are you? I, I used to watch all them old movies. That was a good movie. How old are you? <laughs> You're our age. I'm 31. Oh! He's oh. a baby. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Younger yeah. than me. Okay, Not Mazel much tov. older than Karen. Um, I mean, literally light years older than me. I my don't know what you guys are talking about. My all-time yeah, favorite. You, you just turned 21, right, Karen? That's the whole Barely. <laughs> Barely. If I, sn if I get alcohol fumes, it's half illegal. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Karen, favorite war movie? Fa oh, come on. You, you know don't do ask movies. Me a movie. You can take a pass on this You know one. what? I just have like literally just like decades of movies to catch up on from being an idiot and, and like a recluse. Private Ryan. It's right there. No, I never what? saw that. But what I did see was um ah the sniper movie with Bradley oh, Cooper. Oh, American Sniper was a great movie. Okay, I didn't love it. Oh, I loved the it. The one I liked better was the one with uh 
fuck. The what gay the one, one, Jeremy Renner, uh, Hurt Locker. Uh, no, it was the one with the where woman? it was, I they think it was in Obama Afghanistan. Or, it was like a group Osama of them, a bunch of them Laden. died. This was the one guy. Oh, Lone Warrior. Lone, Lone Survivor. Survivor. Preferred that one. Lone Survivor, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lone Survivor was good. It made me cry. Yeah, my Everything brother really liked that. I think it's Republican propaganda. That's what the left They're wants you to think. Repub- I, I know, but, oh, but man, it works. American Sniper was <laughs> propaganda, propaganda out the ass because it's so much. American Sniper was written by the military. Wait, I did you I like American Sniper? Good, for, for all the things that he did do, he lied about. When you have so many awesome stories, there's no reason to make up less awesome, awful stories <laughs> and lie about it. But he was really like, killed. When you've got me carrying Jesse Ventura, that's a bad day. Like, Carl was a liar. Yeah, go Jesse. <laughs> oh my god can you be our permanent third chair on this podcast <laughs> yeah this was so fun my favorite war movie of all time is Patton everyone should go watch it um, as usual I'm lost um, okay this was really great thank you for Matt, coming thanks so on. much for like letting us talk to you for an hour about all of your war shit that's yeah. pretty awesome of you oh also thank you for your service holy shit <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I no, I did. I, so they didn't make me do it. I did it all. I said okay. I know that's why we're thinking. Well, it was, it, it, it's weird to know how to feel when people say, "Oh, thank you," because you're like, you're well, you okay? I totally get it. When people are like Karen, you're so funny and like charming and weirdly beautiful. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. Please don't say that to me. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, and I mean, if you wanted to thank us for our service on this podcast, we wouldn't feel uncomfortable either. Yes, thank you. Thank you for your Oh my God, you are so welcome. You are so welcome. We are monsters who made a war veteran. (laughs) Thank us. (laughs) Um, Um, Yeah, you're the fucking best. Thanks for talking to us for this whole time. You're the shit. Yeah, and you're welcome. All right, thank you for listening to my my high rambling. Yeah, we love your high ramblings. I know, we're going to go get high and ramble on race wars. All right, Matt. (laughs) That's my dream right there. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, thanks. Everybody, we'll did, be in touch. Wanna... And if you're ever in New York, come get high in the studio with us. Yes, you have I an open will. invite. And I'll be moving to Tampa this summer, so you guys ever end up there. Hopefully never, but they just you might. know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, on a, well. We'll yeah, get we'll to see. it in the introduction that we'll record at the end yeah, of this episode. Florida scares me, but I'm happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll talk to hey, you later, Matt, okay? I house with a hot tub. I'm happy. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, fine. Maybe. You like you're heat on heat on heat. <laughs> Beard, guns, and a hot tub. Fine. Maybe I'll come. You're a true progressive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a good day, Matt. Thank you. Yeah. We'll talk All to right. you later, Matt. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye.